episode 163 of the Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast. The Wichita Business Journal created this podcast because we want to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that are important to Wichita's business community. Kathleen Sebelius has made it no secret that she's critical of the Trump administration's response to the COVID-19 pandemic. She is my guest this week on episode 163. I asked her about her experience as Secretary of Health and Human Services during the swine flu pandemic. I also asked her about what she would do in this situation if she were still governor. I'll talk to Kathleen Sebelius in a moment. First, our big story in the weekly edition, the 2020 Innovation Awards. Our virtual event was held on Thursday. We feature all the 2020 honorees in the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal. That coverage begins on page 19. And we have them online at wichitabusinessjournal.com. This week's list, the Wichita area's largest assisted living facilities. That's on page 6. Also meet the women who are taking part in the 2020 Career Women Program. We have a report describing the program and we feature pictures of all this year's participants. Our coverage begins on page 12. We have a special report on education this week, page 42. Each week we provide business intelligence on new real estate deals, bankruptcies, building permits, new corporations who owes back taxes, court judgments. Our leads section this week begins on page 46. Equity Bank has been our sponsor from the start, episode one. Equity Bank means business. That's why they've created business solutions to help you solve your business challenges. Visit them today at equitybank.com. Madam Secretary, welcome. Thank you for uh, spending some time with us. We appreciate it. Glad to be with you. Tell me, uh, you left the administration back in 2014. Uh, we've seen you on TV a lot, of course, in, in that time. And uh, we know you're in Lawrence. What, what are you doing these days? You have your own company? I do. I have um, a uh, small company that um, I'm engaged with working with some healthcare companies on the commercial side. I serve on several boards and I'm an advisor to a couple of other companies and I do policy work with both the Aspen Institute where I run a health project and with, uh, I'm on the Kaiser Family Fund board. Um, and then I dabble a bit in Kansas politics and national politics and um, see my grandchildren and hang out. I imagine, obviously, the pandemic has uh, been top of mind and, and been a big topic in no matter any of those areas that you were talking about. Um, how has that impacted you and, and your company and, and the organizations you work with? Well, the company is basically just me. So it, it, um, I would say the, the pandemic has uh, picked up interest in what happened when I first went into the Obama administration because we had a pandemic in 2009 to deal with. Um, so there's been a lot of conversation about what was done then, um, what what happened, the, what the role of the department is, um, lots of conversations about subsequent outbreaks uh, from Zika virus to Ebola that I've been engaged in. And certainly um, have been immersed a bit in 
um, both talking to the governor and uh, dealing with some of the local officials and health officials in terms of what what it is that has been a response in Kansas. You've probably gotten the uh, the question several times, uh, and and I don't mean to second for you to have to second guess the governor, but. If you were governor, what would be the, some of the uh, steps you would have taken uh, as you face this pandemic? Well, I certainly have never faced anything like uh, Laura Kelly is dealing with. None of us have, where there's a simultaneous uh, both health outbreak but then a huge economic crisis uh, that is national. And so um, most of what we dealt with when I was governor were a you know, some kind of natural disaster uh, or incident that happened in one part of the state, but even the whole state wasn't affected. Um, we dealt with some economic downturns, but that wasn't accompanied with the health uh, crisis. So I think she's in very unique territory. I have been incredibly impressed with both, I think, her choice of Lee Norman as her health secretary before really this whole crisis appeared was a very strong choice. I knew Lee. Um, I have worked with him in the past. Uh, we talked about a bit about that choice, and I talked to him um, early on. So I, I think her choice of a very strong health secretary with lots of experience and lots of, frankly, um, credibility was a really important made well before this happened. And I think she's been very clear that she is relying on health officials to guide her decisions. She was one of the first governors in the country to uh, declare that schools would not uh, be in session after mid-March, which turned out to be, I think, a very prescient decision as schools began to deal with that all over the country, she was very clear, she was very direct, um, and it also, in you know, I live in Lawrence, and it actually cleared this town out because a lot of the students did not return from spring break, and if they did return, they left again immediately, and my guess is we are in a community where the disease burden has been a lot lower than it would have been if we had you know, done this off and on thing in April and May. Um, so I've been very impressed with what she is doing and has done, you know, walking a tightrope trying to deal with um, getting the supplies needed from the administration. Um, there isn't any second guessing in my uh, playbook. I just, I, I've been very supportive of uh, not only her actions, but her for really clear communication. One of the things I certainly learned when I was HHS secretary, how important it was for people to have clear information so you could tell them what you know and actually tell them what you don't know and do it on a repetitive and regular basis. Um, and I think she's done, uh, along with Secretary Norman, a great job at that. I had a chance to talk to Secretary Norman last week. He was my guest on the podcast. We had a great discussion, and uh, he's definitely passionate about uh, wanting to make sure the uh, the people of Kansas are safe. He talked about in a tweet yesterday, Kansas in the top 14 states for most rapid COVID-19 spread, 
and in the top 14 states for having the least restrictions on activities. As a policymaker, how do we balance that public safety aspect with concerns for the economy? Well, I think that is a very difficult tightrope. I, I think um, that states in the country were encouraged and, and frankly, pushed from uh, the president on down to open the economy um, the day after CDC put forward pretty comprehensive guidelines about standards that should be used to reopen, the president began tweeting about it being liberated, that Michigan should be liberated and Virginia should be liberated. Um, And I think, unfortunately, that began what we're seeing up to today, which is a very um, partisan debate about uh, what is happening in the health sector, up to and including wearing masks. I've seen virtually every uh, directive that Governor Kelly has tried to put forward based on public health, uh, countered by the legislative majority saying we're not going to pay any attention to that or we don't think you know we should follow that or we want to restrict for authority or power. And that's a really unfortunate debate in the midst of a public health crisis because I'm a believer that you cannot get the economy to fully recover. We will not be able to send children back to school. We will not have um, a fully functioning uh, economic sector unless we get a handle on this virus. And we are falling further and further behind, not just in Kansas, but around the country. Of course, uh, we're in July, but now is the time that uh, a lot of districts, a lot of administrators, a lot of teachers are talking about students and administrators heading back to the classroom. What are your concerns as as we face that that timing of getting back into the classroom? Well, the concerns are very much the same. Is uh, our parents um, going to feel safe about sending their children into school buildings? Are teachers going to be protected if they indeed teach um, physically in small spaces? Where and how do you feed children once they come to school? Where and how do you have children play uh, when they're at school? So how do, how do school districts try to implement social distancing, mask wearing, safety precautions at the same time as delivering an education. And while I think there seems to be some pretty good evidence that fewer children are likely to get seriously ill, there clearly are children who will be seriously ill. The more dangerous potential is that children can carry the disease, spread the disease, and that teachers and janitors and cooks and cleaning staff um, could be very susceptible to disease once schools reopen. So I think that balance is tricky. I'm watching now where, you know, here in Lawrence, the third Boys and Girls Club activity in the summer has just shut down because another staff member was tested as positive. So I don't know if that same protocol will be followed in a school if you 
put a school back in place and a teacher tests positive or a cafeteria worker tests positive, you then shut the school down. So all of those decisions, I think, need to be held out, and it would be very difficult to do it a district at a time. I, I think there may be some districts in the state with very low disease outbreak where kids could safely be back. There may be other areas where they really have to defer to what's happening with community spread and throughout the district to not increase the virus and increase the likelihood that a lot of people get sick. What advice do you have for businesses who are trying to make it through this? Well, I, I'd say, again, I think um, a lot of businesses have opted, if they at all possibly can, to do remote work. Um, and that decision is, I think, one that is based on safety concerns, how to put people safely back into an environment may not um, be as productive as keeping people with some sort of remote work. I School opening will clearly have a big impact on um, the business community because if parents do not have children in school uh, for a considerable period of time, it's very difficult for them to go back to work. Um, and it's going to be very difficult for people to find, you know, childcare um, for as many children as will be out of school. So we, you know, it's, it's a situation that is... Um, kind of cumulative. The problem is we we have been talking about testing in this country since February. We still have nowhere near the As cases go up, um, what we should ideally be doing is with every identified case, immediately do contact tracing, testing, and isolation. And the faster the cases rise and the more people who are identified as positive, the more difficult it is to do that. Uh, and we're watching communities in Texas and Florida just be overwhelmed. Uh, the hospitals are overwhelmed. The testing centers are overwhelmed. People are waiting in line eight hours in Phoenix to try and get tests. And we're still nowhere near the testing that we need. And I think um, it's, it's a very rocky situation as the virus continues to uh, be the winner in this country. I, I gather we now have, you know, the most cases anywhere in the world, and we're continuing on an uptick, and um, we may have to look at partial shutdowns in some parts of the country once again. I'm sure you're you're watching and you've seen uh, all the actions of the administration. We have this uh, commission on, on the pandemic. When you're watching that, are there times when you say, why don't they just do this? Having been in an administration and having dealt with some of these issues, are there times when you say, this is what they do, they ought to take this step or that step, and, and what might those be? Well, I don't think there's any question that um, uh, I have been enormously distressed and now um, you know, disheartened by a lack of leadership from this administration. The United States government has unique powers. They have financing powers that they still are not using. So cities and states are now laying off essential public workers. Teachers are being laid off. Doctors are being laid off. We've got firefighters and police officers in danger of losing their jobs because there has not been 
money provided to state and local governments. We have refused to actually use the um, National Defense Act to mobilize the testing supplies and supports we need. Still is not in place. We still do not have enough. We haven't used the United States government to be the logistics uh, capability that they have to get supplies from one place to another to make sure that there's a fair and equitable distribution and that we're looking across the country. And we certainly have not seen the leadership of the president and the vice president following the public health advisors, uh, wearing masks, uh, engaging in social distancing, messaging that day in and day out. So we now have a partisan divide in the country, and we are in the worst shape of any developed country in the world. Um, that didn't happen by accident. And so it is, it is both terrifying and infuriating that, I mean, we have 130,000 people who have died and continue to die, and somehow um, we have a leader who pretends that the virus is over. As recently as July 1st, the president declared that it's just going to go away. Nothing could be further from the truth. I mean, people are, are risking their lives and their livelihoods because we do not have the leadership we need at the federal level. And what would be the impact if the U.S. pulls out of the World Health Organization? Well, it is, it is incomprehensible to me that we would be in the middle of a world pandemic and uh, declare that we're pulling out. The good news is, I guess, that we have a chance with the new president to reverse that. The pullout does not occur until after uh the new president will be sworn in, and I am very hopeful that that will never happen. We rely on information, collaboration, communication with countries around the world uh, to deal with any kind of global health issue. We rely on scientists around the world to deal with uh, rapid development of a vaccine and rapid development of medications. The notion that um, we would withdraw from that international discussion, that we would pull our experts out of that conversation, uh, if anything, we should be doubling down on it because we have a lot to learn from countries who have been far more successful than we have. And it is just a, a, an incomprehensible act to declare in the middle of a world pandemic that we will withdraw from the body that actually brings countries together, brings health ministers together, shares information, shares vaccines. Because as long as this outbreak is anywhere, Americans are at risk. And it is very dangerous to our citizens to withdraw from this international community. Kathleen Sebelius, former Secretary of Health and Human Services and the former Governor of Kansas. Thanks so much for uh, taking some time today. We appreciate it, and it's good to talk to you again. Take it's care. Nice to talk to you, Bill. Thanks. We are eager and ready to tell your story. Please contact us if you have experiences you want to share about getting through the pandemic. You can reach me at broy at bizjournals.com. That's it for Biz Talk with Bill Roy this week, episode 163. We hope you're doing well. Now is the time to be creative, innovative, and entrepreneurial as you fight to survive and eventually prosper. Check out all our episodes at our BizDoc with Bill Roy hub. It's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Thank you for listening. 
and for subscribing. Biz Talk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks to producer Brittany Showalter. And thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Creating the business concept turned out to be the easy part. The challenges that follow is where Equity Bank comes in. Equity Bank was built by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Let them help your business evolve and solve your challenges. Tomorrow is here. Visit them today at equitybank.com backslash evolve. Be well and be safe. Have a profitable week.